2005 champion of the world, Sean Murphy. Champion of the world, Mark Selby. Hello and welcome to episode four of Buzzing for the Bays. Exciting episode. We've been to the Crucible. We've been to Sheffield. Uh, we did offer uh, Rob Walker ten quid to do an intro for this podcast, but. Uh, that didn't come up to his pricing expectations, so you're stuck with me tonight. Uh, but Luke is here. Hi, Luke. Wagwan Redbins. Oh, yeah, you're back to normal. That's good. <laughs> How's it going, Chris? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Really good. 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 So buzzing what, for the um, bears. Buzzing for, buzzing for the bears, as always. As always. Uh, that's, a give, that's a given. What are we, three or four days back from Chef? Are you over it? I've just come down from the uh, the excitement of it all. Just stopped thinking about it. Yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. Made a lovely time. Yeah. I had that um, horrible horrible thing, you know, where on the train back from from London, back to Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, when I dropped you off in London, it started to get dark and raining and like 50 mile an hour winds. And I thought I was going to hell. Yeah, that's always, that always happens, especially on a train. Yeah. long train journey because the weather was minging when we left but when you're coming in you're you're hung over you just feel like crap yeah and like everything so, everything nice has already happened in your life you know that's what it feels like yeah and you feel like you've let a lot of people down mm. yeah so, yeah and you don't know why it's called the dread no often you do know why but this time we hadn't done anything <laughs> we hadn't done anything wrong normally we know why we're disappointing ourselves we should be but this time we didn't do anything but you still cannot help getting that dread. Yeah, but I'm so back I, now. So the, it's like now. coming back from a stag day. Yeah, no, it's, nowhere near as bad as that. No, no, but that's the vibe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If but we're back. Have... It's, it's it's Friday, the Friday after, as they say. <laughs> after, I mean, no one says that. <laughs> no one says that. Um, but it's Friday, Friday after the Thursday before. <laughs> we're recording the pod. Um, after the World Championships, lots to talk about. Mm. But we'll start with the most important things. What are you drinking? I'm actually, at the moment, on a mega shandy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of that? Uh, no. So, you know a turbo shandy? Yeah, that's a, a lager and a Smirnoff Ice, isn't it? Yeah, right. So, half lager, half Smirnoff Ice. Replace the Smirnoff Ice with whiskey. <laughs> that's a mega shandy half a pint of whiskey half a pint of lager no I jest I'm, I'm, that does sound good though. I'm going to try that in a minute this is just a lager but I did start my evening with a Disarono sour <laughs> <laughs> and, and a bottle of red wine that's, <laughs> that's because I had dinner could be a lovely pod I, uh, yeah I'm moving house as well um fans have found out where we live and I can't handle it anymore um, no. so I've got a lot of drinks I've got a big drinks I've got like a bar and I, and I need to uh, get all the I see what you mean I thought you were going to say you're moving house so it's stressful therefore no that as well but genuinely I'm just trying to sort of get rid of things so Friday 
cocktail you night. Drink, drinking everything. You've been in just the bathroom, some... drank all the bleach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I drank that last week. So, yeah. How about you? What are you on? Uh, I'm on a Pinot Noir. Pinot, um, Pinot. Called Winston's Lesson from France. I am. Um, Win- Winston's Lesson? No, Winsome Cousins is called. Mm. Oh, it's, it's, got, nice. it's got a giraffe on the bottle. It's got cool. a giraffe with a pipe. <laughs> and some glasses. The front. Yeah, he's quite cool. That's a nice great, one. Great visuals for an audible podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have to describe it. Uh, very good evening, though. I've made a big lasagna um, for tomorrow because we're doing a little bit of a surprise lunch for Mum's birthday. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's awesome. She's 60 next week, so she'd be very surprised that we're having a birthday lunch tomorrow. Hopefully. Yeah. Tell her I thought she was 40. I'm not passing <laughs> on any messages to my mum from you anymore. Your mum likes me. She's left me a yeah, she birthday does, she message does. on Facebook. I only joke. I only joke. But because I was cooking that lasagna and then I realised sort of halfway through, have you ever, you know, like cooked and then realised that you're not no. actually cooking to eat for yourself? And then you realise what you're going to have for dinner? No. Oh, you never had that. But you can no. imagine what that feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So I panicked, so I just had cans instead. <laughs> well, that is, that's, that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's a good compromise. But you've got to fuel your body. So if you are, like, this is a serious point. If you're just having alcohol for dinner, mm. make sure you have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because that's nothing, you know, a can of beer is not the same as a meal. No. You need 10 cans to get the same calories. No. And so they, yeah, and they, a little health warning. And they say Guinness is a meal in a glass. Have you heard people say that? Yeah. That's a myth. Here's a myth. That is actually a myth. You need 12 Guinness. Mm. To make For a starter. Meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we could talk about this all night. We <laughs> started well. But anyway, let's uh, let's go. Let's rattle through um, our weekend. So we got to Kings Cross Station. Oh wow! Starting there. Yeah, nine thirty in the morning. Mm. No, early. Train was at nine thirty. Got there early. <laughs> Breakfast, coffee at the Giraffe. Yeah, straight into Smith to buy some beers. Mm. We didn't like the look of the beers. No, we straight didn't. O- over to Waitrose, pick some beers, ales, Gimwa got to the counter it's too early to buy beers <laughs> back to smith's bought some beers we were allowed on the train 9 30 bosh. bosh drinking the train beers <laughs> change it doncaster nice. yeah nice. change it doncaster back on the train off the train straight to the pub sounds quite lads like. lads lads doesn't it at the moment yeah it was. Do you remember that guy that, that walked past us on the first train and said, you know, by the way, not really meant to be drinking at the moment yeah. on the train. It's not the time of day. It was respectable time of day at that, that point. But because of COVID, um, he says sort of, no, no alcohol on the trains. But, but then he goes, but it's only, only if someone sort of official comes he on. He said, we don't network. care. It's just yeah. the, the police come yeah. on or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, but he, did say, not... he did say, just keep it to yourself and, you know, Luke, put your trousers back on. Yeah, but in my defence, that's a hot train. 
It was a hot train, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, but Ma- Mask on, trousers off. Yeah, mask on at all times, always. When we got to Sheffield, though, we went straight to the pub. And this was something we've been worried about. I don't know if we talked about this last week, but uh, a lot of places weren't doing bookings. And there didn't seem to be that many places with outside space that you could get in. And the places right. that were doing bookings were full. So this was a pub that you found. Yeah. I think we should big it up. You? It was it was really good. Nice nice spot. What was it called? The yeah. Kellum? Uh, the Riverside Kellum. Yeah. Riverside Kellum, Kellum Island in Sheffield. North I mean, Sheffield. Kellum, yeah, Kellum's the area. The pub was the Riverside. And it was we a really there, nice pub. We got there at, what, half past 12? And it opened at about 12-ish. Mm. We queue in for a while. Maybe a bit more worried. But it was actually just the first batch of people going in that day. Five to ten minutes. And then... We were yeah, in. it was great, and we sat outside by the river. Yeah, and um, it was like one of those sort of like beautiful northern days where we were cold from time to time, and then you look around and people are wearing shorts and t-shirt and yeah, it was, it was pissing the rain at times, and people were out there like they were in Ibiza. It was great, wasn't it? And then um, Egan came, our mate Egan. Oh yeah, our friend Adam, real uh, probably one of the top top three. Buzzing for the base fans, super fan. Definitely, definitely tallest that we're aware of. Yeah, very tall, nine foot tall, I think. Okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, lovely bloke, and that was nice because he's living sort of near-ish. So, got to see him. I haven't seen him for, well, I don't know, must be over a year. Had a few drinks with him. Had a, had a couple of beverages. <laughs> <laughs> but we did have I mean, a roast. We, uh, we were there um, for about six hours. The the food there was sensational really oh, nice lovely. Wasn't it? it was a lovely roast but to be fair we had uh, quite a lot of guinness at that point yeah <laughs> egan was drinking blueberry ale mm. That? Mm. started off with <laughs> a cocktail didn't he <laughs> yeah looked disgusting <laughs> yeah yeah one of those that was cool man that was really nice and um it was a great start to the day and we obviously yeah keeping an eye on the keeping an eye on the snake but not, on the not too much trying to keep it fresh because we were going in for the seven o'clock the evening session yeah yeah on the sunday um so yeah we uh it was quite leisurely in the end wasn't it we had a good five or six hours just to uh lubricate the queuing arm as they say and then uh we headed back we had to drop our bags off and well we didn't have to do anything really but we dropped our bags off uh oh we went via the shop to buy some wine that was pretty oh, yeah. genius, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. So we uh, we weren't allowed to take drinks in to the cruise so we decanted our wine. I thought into... you were talking about the thought you were talking about the keys because that was another shop. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, do that bit first. That's classic. <laughs> so, um, uh, using Airbnb um, to book this place, text text the host and said, um, you know, what time can we get in? And he said, um, I've had to go somewhere. So you'll need to go and pick up the keys from a corner shop, uh, you know, the other side of Sheffield. Um, yeah, it's not a shop next door to the where we were staying. No, that would have been Just okay. Just a random it? corner shop. That would have been fine. So we had to get a taxi across the city to go into a random corner shop. Luckily, the transaction was fine. And as soon as I walked in and obviously wasn't buying something, he goes, are you here for the keys? So, <laughs> 
<laughs> Thankfully, that was all okay. Just the keys and these extra small condoms, please. <laughs> <laughs> For my mate Luke. <laughs> He's turned it around on me. Absolute singer. <laughs> you walk right into that. Um, why, why are you buying condoms for a weekend away just me don't say that <laughs> don't make it sound weird I wasn't buying condoms you were the one who were in the shop oh Christ um, what do we do we've got the, we got the keys <laughs> remember this listener because we'll talk later about the uh, the nickname that Chris gave himself over the weekend. <laughs> That'd be a nice callback. Oh dear. Um, got back in the car. Um, yeah, went, went to find the apartment, and that's where you took over. Um, well, you, made me, you so, made me a bit scared, and, and you made me laugh a lot when you did this. So go we on. Go- <laughs> we Google Maps. We we worked out what building it was, and there was a couple of doors. Um, that didn't uh, didn't have anything written on them, and then there's one that said 11A, and we were standing 11. And Chris went to put the key in, and it just swung open. <laughs> so it was like a block situation. So we walked up the stairs, and we went. We were apartment one. Got to door one, and I thought, or well, I assume, if that's <laughs> open, he's just left it all open for some reason. And, and I was in front of Chris anyway, so I, didn't, I couldn't be bothered to wait for him to try the key. So I just tried the door, opened it. As I opened it, <laughs> this bloke ran over and went, what are you doing? And I went, uh, we, we've, um, we're staying here. We've looked, a, looked an Airbnb. You, you, were a, a, you were a little bit more assertive than that, which made me laugh. You, was you, I, doubled, I, you doubled down. Oh, yeah. did I? I was aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're staying here. <laughs> no, we're eleven A. We're meant to be staying in this flat, and he went. Oh, eleven. He went. This isn't. This isn't eleven. This is eleven A. And then I realised, and I was then I was about to be very apologetic, but I said to him, "So where's number 11 And he went, "I assume next door." And I thought that is cool. <laughs> he was pretty cool bloke, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry." Because by then I'd realised that the place stank of weed. The fact that the door was out, I thought we'd maybe walked into some sort of drug den and we were going to get shanked up. But he was actually quite nice, wasn't he? I said, I'm yeah. sorry. And he said, yeah. It was funny. You, you can go. It was funny. And then we went downstairs and we tried the door with no number on it and the key worked and that was all fine. Yeah. Got to the apartment. All good. Um, yeah. There were, we, we read before we went into the Crucible Um as you said, you you can take snacks and soft drinks because there's obviously uh, no. Yeah, mad, mad. You can take food. Yeah. Which, when we were watching the coverage, makes sense because they kept telling people to stop crinkling wrappers, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, everyone, could, you could take everyone water. Pick, everyone picked the loudest snacks they could take in. All, yeah. All tournament, but yeah, you could take snacks and and soft drinks because obviously there was no vendors or anything open. Um, so as yeah, soon as you got into sure. the building, it was straight into the arena, and that was it. Um, so yeah, we we you know we we couldn't drink during the the play, so we just put some wine in in our water bottles, didn't we? Yeah, in our uh, to... yeah, the, the the water bottles that keep your 
keep your drinks cool. So you can't the stainless steel ones. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh that was a stroke of genius. I mean we're not we're not alcoholics, but if you've been drinking all day and you suddenly stop, there's a chance you start crying. What what could happen? You could explode or so I don't know. Mm. You've got you've got to tailor off. And wine's yeah. a good choice as well because you don't need to keep if you're if you're drinking big pints, you have to keep getting up to go to the bathroom because yeah. we've got tiny bladders. So yeah, so that worked out really well. That was actually quite delicious, sort of good good strategy, which is rare, rare for us. All luck, wasn't it? Just pure luck. Yeah. But it worked out. But yeah, and then we were in and then we were watching the snook. And it was brilliant, stick. wasn't it? It, it? You know, like you, you filmed us walking in because that bit where you see the table for the first time, it's a bit like yeah. walking into a football ground and you see the pitch and you yeah. realise how green it is. It's like it's that. The green, the green yeah. in the base. It was amazing. It, 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 like, it made me think, fucking hell, I've been, I've actually been watching this tournament for most of my life and probably even before I can remember it because it was all, it's always the thing that's on once a year and it? it's the only snooker when you're on the BBC yeah, or whatever. exactly. And I, I had like a moment where I thought, this is so cool to be here. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's just one of those weird things that you probably, you don't even think is a, is a, not you don't think it's a possibility, but you just don't even really consider that you'd ever go when you're young. Yeah. And then when you get there, you're like, yeah, I've watched this forever. And I don't know about you, but the thing that struck me is when we walked in, how small and intimate it was. Yeah. And you look down, you see the table and you, I said to you, I can't, work out how they get two tables in there i know Must well, be didn't so you, tight. well didn't you say that it's actually pretty tight so you can't uh, you can't appreciate this on tv but when there are two tables in the arena um you know the edges of those tables because the the start of the seating actually the the rail kind of goes at a 45 degree angle so it allows a little bit more space than you'd, mm. you'd think for queuing but it's actually like if you were in the front row you'd be right in yeah you're right, right. There. You're, you're really close. Yeah, I remember someone saying, one of the players saying, if you were in that corner on the two tables set up where the players sit, you're almost knocking their water bottles over with your cue. It's so playing in the club, isn't it? Jeez, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's brilliant and like a really good atmosphere. Like, I, I imagine it's always good, but you sort of got the sense that everyone was really grateful to be there because they didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, and everyone, and even if they weren't, not people that went every year or whatever, you had that extra little bit of vibe because nobody's done anything like this for a year. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great, yeah, and it's and wicked. everyone was sipping at their naughty water bottles. No sign of any twitching at all. Just solid as a rock. That's Mark Selby. Watching the intros on TV, you know, uh, Rob doing his walk-on, getting the atmosphere going. Hazel coming on with Ken and Steve David, uh, Steve Hendry. Um, yeah, was that was wicked. Really, really good fun to watch. And it's cool because you see the bits you don't realise on TV. Like Rob Walker comes out and he went through and he basically coached the audience. And he said, when I said this bit, you cheer. And then he did like a full dress rehearsal of what he's going to say. Yeah, I said it word table. for word. I was thinking yeah. to myself, I would never want to do the whole thing. 30 seconds before doing the actual thing. No, because if you get it right, you think, well, I'm not going to do it right again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and that was cool. And then they have the bit where 
they're doing the BBC part. So like Hazel and Hendry, they're talking to the camera. And on our screens, when you're watching the telly, it cuts from them to the players in the tunnel waiting to come down while they do the the intros. But yeah. they walk out, obviously, because they're not there when they walk in, are they? Yeah. So you can hear them still talking on the microphones, doing the intro bit, but they've gone out of sight. That's great. So it's really interesting. So you can see like Vieira and Keane in the tunnel fighting each other. Yeah. Whilst Hazel was like, you know, good luck, boys, trying to run off mm. while still trying to record. It's really good. Exactly. And the cameras, you see, like, you appreciate how good the cameramen are. Yeah. Because they're yeah. really close. And in between every shot, they sort of have to scurry around to get in the right place, but then obviously not be moving when they're taking but, the shot. But they are behind the object pocket, which yeah. must be off putting. Well, I presume not because they're so used to it. But there's a huge camera right behind the pocket that you're in before. Yeah. Every yeah. single time. Yeah, so that that part of it was uh, was really interesting. Yeah, and the and the play was good, and it was great to it was great to shout things. We uh, you gave a big shout out to the referee, the assistant. Well, I assume they're called assistant referees. So Jan Verhas wasn't actually refing, but he bought out a glass because uh, Murphy didn't have a water glass, and he came out and then people were good, Jan. Go on, yeah. And we actually heard us. I listened back to that footage, you could hear us. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> did you hear any um, buzzing for the bass shouts from anyone? I haven't gone through it all yet. Right. But you did shout out pretty loud buzzing for the bass. And judging by the other, go on, Sean, that I yeah. heard, we, you, it would definitely, we'd definitely okay. hear it. Good, we'll grab that and put it on the next pod. Yeah. Because um, actually, I noticed on the Monday, uh, when the atmosphere did get a little bit better, I thought, in the final. Um, the the referee I forget his name Ben something um, Dirty Dan he said at one point he goes shouting out the names of the players won't hurt won't help anyone and I thought <laughs> <laughs> I thought well sort of sort of does what does he want you to shout out yeah I think he was just like you know this is getting a bit tiresome like the the chant the, the shouts between the shots whereas I he could have just said something like that. He could have said, like, let's keep it, calm it down, guys. It's getting a bit much. It's part but of it, though, isn't it? It's it was, not, it wasn't Ronnie, was it? It wasn't like, you know, mad people go, it wasn't that bad. I'm yeah, but it was, all, it was just like, come on, Sean, or go on, Mark. Yeah. But that's exactly what you want in between shots. And then there's a beautiful, it's like, like golf. It's, it's like absolute pristine, calm, and no, no noise during shots. And that's yeah. all you want. Yeah, exactly. They all, they've done it a million times. They know that's what happens. And and the only time we got told off... Um, we didn't get told off, did we? No, we get, didn't get told off. But you know, they've got those guys that look after sections of the audience. So they're like keeping an eye on you. So the, the fellow stood on our row and was looking at us for a couple of minutes. Only when Dennis Taylor told a joke about three seconds before Mark Selby was about to queue off, about yeah. to uh, break off. Yeah. That is funny when that happens because obviously... The players can't hear it, and they—they, they, I do think that sometimes when I'm watching it on telly, like, do they think we're laughing at them? No, they know, they know. Because everyone yeah. starts laughing at once, then. Yeah, that was that was funny. And uh, you pulled as soon as we got there, didn't you? I forgot that we sat down. Standard. A young lady sat next to you. Yeah, I say young. Lady. She was about sixty, wasn't she? 
yeah. and showed you <laughs> that she she even had Brian Christmas decorations in yeah, the sales. What the hell? <laughs> that was weird, man. And um, I played golf uh, next day with, with our friend Dave on Tuesday. And it, the only reason I'm telling you about this is because we were sat next to this uh, group of old guys who were having a drink after playing golf. And one of them got up about half an hour later and goes, right, guys, see you next time. Happy Christmas. <laughs> it's, it's May. <laughs> yeah, but which if made, you're not going to see him, you're not going to see him. That's a nice thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, which made me laugh. But she was like, yeah, I've done my Christmas shopping. And I was like, I, I just didn't know what to say. But but she it did explain. So you just quite got right, off of her. Quite right, <laughs> quite rightly. Could ignore that. That um, <laughs> she got a good discount on some stuff that's normally eight quid, and actually she only spent six. So you know who's coming out on top? That's uh, like twenty five percent. That's you cannot argue with that. No, it almost makes me want to get the train back to Sheffield to go and buy some. Uh, Bath bombs or whatever. I don't know what she had in there. What did she have? She had, she had actual Christmas ornaments, didn't she? Yeah, well, she had an advent calendar in there, which I was tempted to say. Yeah. No. Chocolate one? Yeah. yeah I could have shared it. Anyway, yeah. we're getting well off topic here. <laughs> so, yeah, so, what, so the actual play, though, what did you think about that? Did you enjoyed that? The frames the we saw? The play. The play, the snooker play. Oh, the snooker play. Um, oh, the snooker play was amazing, mate. It was yeah. cracking. Yeah. And, and, and let's, let's just sort of, sort of get to this quickly, shall we? Um, Mark Selby was not the person that we were hoping was going to be in the final. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, it's more than fair. It's more than fair. We've got on record well, we, so saying yeah. much more than that. But, he's not. Um, he's not one of our top. He's not one of our favourites. But when we got to the semis, actually got to the quarters, there was what? Um, there were six players in the quarterfinals who had already won the tournament before. Yeah. And once we got over, and we're not going to talk about. I, I think we should do like a QI bell if we say the R word today. Um, but once we got over that, right? Yeah, we can't say reggae. <laughs> <laughs> Reggae O'Sullivan. Yeah. Um, you know, once we got over him not being there and we're going to be at the final, I think we got quite excited for whatever outcome there was going to be at the final. And I was yeah. like, I, I was up for Selby getting there by the end, purely because... Well, you uh, want to see the best. You want to see the players playing their best, don't you? You want, you want to see the players playing their best. And, it, and he'd, he'd absolutely smashed by that point. Uh, Mafflin, Allen, Williams. He absolutely belted Williams. Um, and had a real ding dong with um, with Bingham, who I think was one of the players of the tournament. A bingo. So he, he he was absolutely like a worthwhile and really really good player to have in the final. And then on the Murphy side, well, no. we'll come back to that. We'll come okay. back to that. I finished this little spiel. Talk about then... Murph because we were we were bang behind Murph, weren't we? H- hugely behind Murph, and and to be perfectly honest. Hugely behind anyone that was going to play against Selby because of us. Yeah, but also, you were tipping Murph from early. I was. He was playing some lovely stuff. But, well, as I said last time, like I, I think he's one of the best ones to watch when he's playing well because he goes for everything. Um, he's 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 not that good at safety play, and he he did alright against Selby, but he couldn't compete. But 
when you do leave him along red um, and the yeah. blacks in play, it, it, he's got no fear. And no. he smacks them into the, to the middle of the pocket, doesn't he? That's what you want so to see. Good. You, you want to see an attacking player. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've got someone that's more safety-minded or less exciting, but as long as you've got one attacking player, you know it's going to be good. That's it. Because even if they're not in, the other person's in, and then you see a decent break or you see some clever safety player, whatever. So yeah, great, great final, great, uh, and and the tournament was amazing. I was, I was felt a little bit for Karen Wilson, um, and I think he's knocking on the door now. I did want to ask you. I know you're going to get onto other things, but do you think because Karen Wilson got to semi again? Mm. Do you think Karen Wilson will win a Worlds? Yes. Do you think? A, do you think big, it'll be soon? I'll make a big prediction. I'm going to say. He will win it within the next two years. Interesting. Yeah, he's on the trajectory because he was doing. What did he do? He got quarterfinal, semi-final. So, I think he will. It just seems like it's going that way, and he really wants it, and he puts so much into it. And he said himself, like, uh, I got uh, however far last year, and I want to get that far again. I got to yeah. semis. And then the next step is the final. I think he'll do it. And I think more he's, than built, other... he's built for that competition. Well, I was going to say that. More than other players, he seems to build his schedule around trying to peak for this tournament. And I know yeah. they all do to a certain extent, but he seems to be quite obsessed with it. Yeah, I agree. And I think he'll get it. I think it would uh, be fair if he does. And brilliant um, publicity for his Tiger Farm, which we touched on last episode. Yeah, and his his brother needs the money. Yeah, he put it in a garage retirement fund. And he's missed it. Selby could see. Selby was... Hang on, has he? He was getting out of his seat. He'll have to sit back down again. Wow. We got to the point where we were sort of begrudgingly we had to respect Selby because he was so strong and he played so well. And I thought, oh, Christ, we're going to have to come on this. We'll have to go back against everything we said and say, you know... Fair play, respect to Selby, but I'm not going to say that. Are you not? I do not respect him because, well, you tell me what you think, but I got back, I read a couple of things. He's a cheat. Hey? He's a cheater. He cheats. What do you mean? So, Bingham, when he played Bingham, yeah. he's come out and said, he didn't call him a cheat, but he said, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that what he did, the amount of time he was taking over some of the shots was on the brink of gamesmanship. Yeah, I watched this. Yeah, yeah. He, he took three minutes over a shot where there was no shot apart from to nestle in the pack. And at you know, a point in the match where he was really trying to interrupt his flow. Yeah. That's strike one for me. Strike two was the last day of the final when we were on the train home, we were watching it. And... If we'd have been there, we would have definitely got thrown out. He got snookered behind the brown. <laughs> you remember? And he used the uh, spider with extension. And he was trying to cue over the top. <laughs> and he he was off. he was so far away from the ball, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, he was a... when, you, when you saw the angle of like the side of the table and you saw how far away he was and how high his arm was, yeah, to try and strike down the cue ball above the brown with that spider. It looked impossible. He looked real geeky as well, didn't he? Yeah, he looked like an absolute nerd. And then he just sort of like, just all fell off and hit the 
Brown. And so then that he, went, that to went make wrong, it even harder... That went wrong two or three times, that shot, didn't it? Well, he and then, then used, he used the swan neck, which is even a tiny little triangle to rest on. And that went wrong. And then what happened was the, bra- uh, the white got put back in the wrong place. Hmm. And you called that on the train, didn't you? I did. Well, he, he suddenly was hitting a shot with a cue. As he normal. could get to the side he of get to the, He could get to the side of the ball, yeah. So Ronnie came out <laughs> and said, oh, shit, I said Ronnie. I'll have to drink or something. I'll do a shot in a minute. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll drink. Yeah, you drink for me. Um, and he said, yeah, he doesn't... He blames everyone involved mm, because... Murph should have had a proper look. The referee obviously is at fault, and Selby must have known. So you're you're and saying what? So sorry, what you're saying, and just be clear, is when the, when the ref puts the ball back where it should have been after that, you know, miscue or whatever. Um, there's an obligation for him to check in with both players to say, "Have we put it back in the right spot?" Yeah, that, that was what you're talking about, right? Yeah, and Murphy didn't look properly, so he said yes. Yeah which is silly when it's that high stakes. And Selby must have known, because if he could get to it, he wouldn't have yeah. been bothering with all the long shit. Yeah. And in a game that is... It's not like football or, you know, you don't use these little things to your advantage. You always call a foul on yourself in snooker. It's, it's a gentleman's sport. You cannot justify that, surely. So what you're saying is you call a foul on yourself because it's all about honesty, right? Yeah. So what you're saying is, if he suddenly can see the side of the ball and he can cue it properly, he should have said the ball's clearly not in the right spot because I exactly. all of a sudden I've got a shot. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. So do you think he knew? He, 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 there's no way he didn't know. Exactly. And how bad's that? Yeah. He lost that frame. Yeah. So I guess it didn't make that, any difference but, in the grand scheme of things. But, but it's not in the spirit of the game. No. No. I agree. I, I think that's terrible. So, yeah, that is why... So are we taking this title away from him? We've got that power. So. I think so. I'll have a word with uh, whoever it is out there at HQ and just say, just take it off him. And we'll give it the, we'll give it a ding. <laughs> the ding? Yeah, why not? I like him. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't cheat. Bingham, that would hurt Bingham if we gave it a ding. <laughs> yeah. it, was Bingham that, it, was, it was Bingham that <laughs> Bingham actually beat Ding in the in the first round. Well, yeah, I guess it would hurt everyone that it wasn't. Yeah, but Bingham's won it before. True, true, and yeah, yeah, Ding hasn't. Don't get greedy. So, have you got any other reasons why you're? Not happy with Selby winning because I'm I'm about to offer the other side a sort of wax lyrical about him a little bit. In it goes for the fourth time. Mark Selby is king of the Crucible. He's he's won the biggest tournament in snooker, and I think we need to, I guess, just respect some of the ways that he he went about that. So, um, I guess first and foremost. And this goes against all my better nature, but I feel like there's only two of us, so some of us have got, one of us got off some balance. He's now got four world championships, um, which puts him in, in quite, sort of high esteem. Um, There's only company, isn't it? it, It's it's massive, 
It, it really is. I think like everyone, not everyone. It, it, it's it's achievable to win one, and then you know the more you go up, it's like golf majors. It's like it it puts you in a higher class of a person in that group. Um, so there's high, one high two, class of player. I wouldn't say it was a high class of person. Yeah, that was that was an that was a slip. <laughs> you right to call me up on that. One, two, three, four, five. There's five players that he's now um, joined who have won four world championships. Do you, do you want to have a go? Uh, Ronnie, Steve Davis, Steve Hendry. Um, him. And I'm not sure on the other. There's actually, so there's already five. So he's a sick. Um, John Higgins. Yes, of course. And Ray Reardon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And an honourable mention to uh, Jay Davis, who won 15 in a row between 1927 and 1946. Those were the good old days. Yeah. Bloody love that. Modern era, by the way, just before any sort of pedants start attacking me, um, is 1969, where it became where it became again a knockout rather than a challenge. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> it wasn't a challenge before. It was easy. At That's why you won 20 in a row. At, at some point, I think... If you were the champion, you just get to pick someone and say, "Right, I'll have a game." Ah, right. Yeah, the winner stays on. <laughs> winner stays on for the world. Twenty p on the tableau. That's quality. Twenty in a row. That's. That's it. I was, I, I I was going to say I've never lost twenty games of pool in a row to you, but I probably have. I think when we when we do the the hall of the BFTB Hall of Fame, I think Joe Davis is going to be in there because I don't actually think it was um, a challenge when he won his in a row. So we'll we'll do a piece on him. That'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, huge respect to a player that we have uh, not been very supportive of. Um, Big for respect for someone I've got no respect for. Reasons that we've been quite clear on, I think. Um, it, You're talking it was, about the, the Jackson stuff. All right, I'm going to remove everything about Selby's personality, right? We're just going to talk about the player. That won't take long. <laughs> um, I, I just felt like watching him... This couple of weeks, it was back to Selby brilliance, right, in terms of his play. And and, and the, the features that I think are what make him an absolutely sensational snooker player. Have you said a date oh. yet? <laughs> Come on, when mate. Are you, when are you two going back? We've, we've done the bit. We've done the cheating <laughs> bit. We've done the Jacko bit. Come on, we've got to do this. Um, he never, ever gives his opponent anything for free. Um, right. To the extent where it's like, it's painful to play against him because he will do exactly whatever it is that's required of him, regardless yeah. of whether it's the you know attractive or attacking or any of the things that people like about the game. He will that's just do that. I think you also, I do respect that. I don't. It's not what I want to see as a spectator, but just to be the best at what you do, that is where his game is the strongest and yeah. better than anyone else. But and I, the I thing think... I said about Bingham earlier, there were some extreme examples, like three minutes. That's ridiculous. But yeah. pushing it that little bit, I don't mind that because that is part of his game. And you can or take as long as you want. Being in the middle of a frame and having a having a pot to, to effectively win it and then not not choosing to, to take that shot on because you know, he's worked out that he might, he might miss three out of ten of them and actually yeah. laying the guy in a horrible position. It's yeah. just... 
is what he's great at. Uh, but I think what what is different from three years ago to now, when he was struggling a little bit, is that you forget actually once he's in that battle and he's winning that battle, you inevitably give him a chance, right? So you lose the safety battle with him and you give him a chance. And he took all of them. Um, he, he pounced on them and you think, fucking hell, the guy can really pot as well and can really close a frame out. And he, he just did it time and time again. I mean, the amount of times that Murphy, I said to you, you know, we talked about it a lot. The amount of times Murphy opened up with a, a red, got um, in the balls, he made 30, 40, and then lost lost frames in the final was yeah. incredible. Yeah, and that wouldn't happen the other way around. Because no, as you say, true. he's a percentage player and he wouldn't take that risky red to the middle that fucked him up or whatever it was. He would just play safe. And yeah. Murphy's all out attack. And that's fine. A lot of the time that'll win you. That'll win you a match. Yeah. If, you're, yeah. if, if, you're, if you're on top of your form like he was, but it just wasn't quite there and Selby was too strong. So congratulations, Mark Selby. Four world titles. Um, I think we'll draw a line under that. Mm. Um, well done. Well done. Well done. Well done, well done mate. Brilliant. Big man. Yeah. I've met some of your friends. They're absolute pricks. Um, anyway. <laughs> you did, actually. We met, you met some Selbyites, didn't you, in the, yeah. in the lobby? Didn't go well. Um, okay, so I've just got a couple of quick-fire questions for you about the boring the tournament. Um, so there's a couple of people that I'm not jotted down that had like massive tournaments based on you know where they started from um mcgill thoughts i thought he was brilliant and uh, i think i said in the last one i tipped him to get to the final and maybe win it um just because he played so well against ronnie and i know you said he's the kind of guy that but not not no you didn't say that you just said potentially he's given it his all and he won't be able to match it and he he nearly did didn't he he did, he did. like he took Bingham right to the wire and he's just he's got the probably I don't know probably the I mean we've seen him get a bit angry so I don't mean it in that way but in terms of temperament and, and seeing him in interviews and stuff the way he and I believe it when he says it he literally looks one frame at a time yeah and it's no, very he's, he's... difficult to fluster him or put him under pressure, even though he's on a big arena playing massive stars and people he's probably looked up to for he's, years. He's, he's definitely a match play player to look out for in, in years to come. Just yeah, hope he doesn't sure. play Ron uh, next year. Uh, Bingham obviously came through qualifying. We talked about that last week. Um, what a tournament he had. Really turned me to... I became a much bigger Bingham fan than I was. Me too, yeah. And we've seen, like you say, again, I think we spoke about it last week or last pod, um, He's just a fun, he's a fun sort of bloke, isn't he? I was yeah. saying, yeah, I didn't realise he had that massive back piece, that tattoo. He's, he's had another tattoo this week. Yeah, on his arm. Was it? His, is that with the wife and kids lying with on the, the bed? kids and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah he has, he, <laughs> the one on his back is mental. He's got a lot of skin there, hasn't he? He has got a lot of skin to cover, but I sent you that picture, do you remember what it was? So it's a, it's got the World Championship trophy in the middle. I mean, I think most recently he added the Masters um, that he won. Uh, that's the glass, you know, the glass balls in the yeah. triangle trophy. We <laughs> yeah, that's on there. And he's got some lions. He's got a baboon. A koala he's bear. got a koala bear and he's got a dragon. Do yeah. you know what all that represents? Is that all the places he goes to face Luca? 
it's all of the yes, that's very good, mate. Because I had no, I just thought it was just weird. But it's all of the places he's won a major tournament. Is it? So the three lions, I thought. I was thinking to myself, I don't remember the fucking African <laughs> Open. It's not. It's it's that's England. The baboon thing is not a boon. It's a uh, oh, what's it called? Is it a baboon? Anyway, it's Gibraltar. Right. Gibraltar Open. Um, the dragon actually got two heads. I didn't notice this. That's one is a Chinese right? dragon. And one is oh, a Welsh right. dragon, so it's China oh, and Wales. Clever. And obviously the koala is uh, Scotland, isn't it? That's just... economy, economy of ink. He's a, he's a clever guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't spend too much. But what I also like is obviously he's got a bit of ambition because although it looks like a consecutive piece, yeah, he's managed to fit in the Masters trophy. And I think he's probably got room for others. So he's backing himself, which is nice, isn't it? It is. You're a... You're a consecutive piece. Um, next question. <laughs> um, shall we get Jack back in the studio? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. Oh, Jim and Judd were great. Him and, yeah. I know we were in Sheffield at the time, but I've watched a little bit back of that and they were really, really good together. Really funny. And when yeah. I saw a clip of them doing um, some trick shots against each other, like setting up some some difficult <laughs> ones. Jack like, just fucked it up. Yeah. Again and <laughs> yeah. again. That was really fun. really endearing, wasn't it? He's like, yeah. I can't do this. And, it, and, and he, he also said, he also said to Judd after he did it the first time, he goes, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> also, like, they've got a real sort of strict uniform. It's like white monochrome. It's mainly black or white, but black black jeans, definitely. And then nice big white trainers. Yeah. Some sort yeah. of designer. I, I said, I didn't know what they were. My girlfriend informed me they were Valentino, what uh, yeah. Judd was wearing, which yeah. is nice, Fiance. isn't it? Fiance, nice mate. to be able to... Uh, yeah. Fiance, she's my fiance. Yeah, yeah, but it's that's such a poncy word, isn't it? If someone goes, yeah. Oh, have you met my fiance? Yeah, fuck off, yeah, I'm there. I shagged her. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously not, but that's the sort of thing I'd say to them just say girlfriend or significant other partner, the old ball and chain. This will be the shot of the championship. The next day. Um, we went. Oh, we're back in Sheffield now. Well, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, back we're... in Sheffield. Um, so you know, we were heading home because we didn't we didn't have tickets to the last day, did we? So yeah, and we were kind of like packing up from the Airbnb and wanted to go somewhere in Sheffield that was going to be nice for breakfast. And it's fair to, to say that the Airbnb that we were staying in wasn't the nicest part of Sheffield. So we did definitely wanted to see a bit of it that we we could sort of remember and have a look yeah, at. Yeah, we, we basically, we went the wrong side of the crucible and we were in a sort of a hellish sort of pound land landscape. It was, with... it was my, my pound land hell. I think that's, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were, there were three of them in that area. Yeah. And I think ironically, if you went in there, everything was 20 P. So that just shows you what sort of vibe it was. Um, and then we realized later that the other side and, literally the other side of the crucible where you go through the um uh what's it called the big gardens thing yeah what's it called that garden it's where they set up the, the practice table for the bbc the winter garden and behind there's really nice and okay. actually where we had breakfast was nice so just literally one street up little cobble yeah. street so gonna mention where we went for breakfast so we went to a, place oh, it was a great Mar- place marmaduke's which is on a little cobble street um, that actually runs its way down to the crucible. 
Um, and we we sat outside and um, oh, I think it's had a bit of coverage because when yeah, no, when we sort of tried to Google where where it was half decent. I recognise it when we walked down there because I saw that they did some of the interviews on the BBC walking up there. As you said, they t- they tend to do the filming down the cobble street, walking yeah. towards Crucible. And we've got a good picture of you with the um, Crucible Cruci- behind you. Crucible in the there. background. But it is a nice spot. And it's um, a cafe that has a few tables outside, obviously because of COVID and um, umbrellas, thankfully, because it was a bit rainy. But we did sit down and had a bit of brekkie before we were about to go and get the train on the way home. Um, and about 20 minutes in, having ordered our food and coffee and whatnot, um, I was looking down towards the crucible. Luke was looking the other way, so obviously I had his back to it, um, sat at this little table, and um, my jaw just dropped at one moment. And... Yeah, well, so I was, sat, I was looking at Chris or towards, trying not to look at him, but looking in that direction, and uh, he just finished his... Um... Sausage Butty. Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. That was when you gave your, nick, yourself the nickname the Butty Boy because you'd had the Sausage Butty two days in a row. <laughs> anyway, and I was looking at Chris and he went, <gasps> that loud, possibly louder. So there's no way that everyone in the vicinity didn't hear. And I thought, he's taking the piss out of me. I don't know what he thinks, I, you know, what he's trying to make me look at. I look over my shoulder. It's Ronnie O'Sullivan. It's Ronnie O'Sullivan. Absolutely incredible. Walked in like a fucking rock star, didn't he? He did. He bowled him. He bowled him like a rock star. And I hate to be gushing, but Ronnie O'Sullivan is much better looking in real life. Incredibly handsome, man. And that's coming from me. So you know, you know, you know, he must be. Yeah. And yeah, and he uh, yeah, he was just yeah, he just looked cool. I mean, he had his onto who had the people with him that I absolutely dweebed, but yeah, he looked really cool. And uh, I was yeah, I was really jealous. I don't really get jealous. I was jealous of Chris because he was looking right at him. Yeah. I just looked over and my Ron, shoulder, look back at, at Chris, and Ron, Ron was looking at me when I <laughs> when you made that weird noise when I made that weird noise. Um, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. And I, and I didn't think for a while because it was like 30 yards that I, I first saw him away-ish. And he obviously came well close because he walked into the cafe that we were, we were sat outside. Um, I didn't think, I didn't like know that it was him right at the beginning and then like for about 20 yards and you looked around. He saw us, smiled, didn't quite give us away, but he knew that we'd um. Oh, did he? I him. missed that. That's yeah. nice. And oh. it was nice. It was a little, little moment where I, Felt like we were communicating. I felt like yeah. saying, I'd love to ask for a picture. I know you don't like getting hassled. And I felt like you were saying, looks like you're a huge fan. I appreciate that you're not asking for a picture. But hello, yeah. mate. We that had that kind conversation, of conversation after, didn't we? Because he didn't come out again. So we sort of surmised that the players, or, or at least him, had some sort of deal where they get to go upstairs and not be hassled. Because who and turned up know- five minutes later? <laughs> Only the fucking nugget. And if that had happened on its own, we would have been so excited. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was over the moon. Steve Davis. Yeah. Steve Davis um, walked in and he, he walked upstairs as well. A very tall man, isn't he? Yeah. Well, and this is the other thing. Like two minutes after Steve went in, 
he is really tall and he does look very pale and like like a sad clown in real life. Very nice though. Very Lovely. nice guy. Very nice guy. Um, then walking down towards me, so behind Chris, was Colin Murray smoking a fag with a little coffee. Beautiful. Was he smoking a fag? Yeah. Was he? Rock and roll, mate. I like Colin Murray. So um, I love we, when we we grew up as teenagers, he was doing Radio One with Edith Bowman. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then he got into sport big, big time. Done a lot of Radio Five stuff. Great on the snooker. Gets the best out of the players, I think, in interviews more really than anyone good. else. I think he. I think he generally. Well, I think they. It's quite a nice, tight circuit by the looks of things. But he's their friends, isn't it? He? He's a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it was unbelievable to see Ron in real life, in, in the wild, because we could have seen him play yeah, and been that close to him in the, but that's not the same. Like seeing someone out, out of, you don't, you, you never see him. No, but, down the but, street. but we you did say, we're, we're, we're sat outside the crucible in a nice cafe. There's a chance we might see someone. And I think we kind of said it in jest. We did not expect to see Ronnie O'Sullivan. No. Um, yeah, no, that's a highlight of my weekend, actually. Um, it made and... the weekend, it really did, because, like you say, we were, we were getting ready for the dread of the journey home, which actually yeah. wasn't that bad, um, but it's still a bit of an anti-climax. Um, and that really, like, uh, put the cherry on top of the the whole weekend. I loved it. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And actually, you know, you saw, saw a lot of people with uh, uh, lanyards on and, you know, clearly... WST stuff on, and they were working at a lot the of media types. I think if you, a lot of media like, types. like we were saying, if it was if it wasn't COVID, and also that was a pretty shitty morning, but if the weather was better, yeah, and you were there for a few days and you were wandering around those sort of areas, you'd see everyone because they but do was, out, they have to go out and eat and stuff. But what I was going to say, apart from it, kind of cemented the fact that we're definitely going to be going back to Sheffield as much as we can because it is a wonderful place. It really, really is. We're going to do it. I think we're going to do a longer stint next. Um, next year and we'll probably do some live shows but yeah we definitely um, should I mean even if you haven't got tickets the whole time just hanging around yeah, definitely at, in peace time is going to be good man but Marmadukes and I've said this I've said this a few times now but Marmadukes will will definitely go back there uh, because we were also sat next to a guy in a suit who was wearing sort of snooker um, identification yeah the lanyard um, on didn't he yeah, and it was obviously giving it a bit of a big end. You, you could tell that he was someone, but we didn't know who he was at the time. Yeah, because um, the, uh, the restaurant, uh, the waiter guy was sort of sucking up to him a bit, going, oh, you're back, you're going to have oh, your sausage every day. Yeah, not having the you, sausage. You were no, jealous because you, you thought he bacon. was the butty boy, didn't you? And then you wanted to be the only butty boy in that restaurant. <laughs> but, yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that turned out to be Chris Henry. And for you, for the people that aren't as into snooker, who is Chris Henry? Yeah, as we weren't when we first met him. Yeah. Um, so it t- turned out Chris Henry was actually quite a big deal, which I think suits him. Um, it, he he is the coach of both Sean Murphy and Mark Selby. So this year, you, um, almost, you almost couldn't be a bigger deal than Chris Henry this year. Couldn't be a bigger deal. And, and and he got a lot of TV coverage, and he's he's a big personality, um, and and clearly it does more than just sort of uh, the actual coaching of the players. I think it's it's more sort of um, sports psychology type stuff, and and understanding how to 
actually play your opponent, which is interesting, one because he was training both, so he got a lot of attention. From, Did you see uh, from the, the TV. Um, just on that when they were doing the uh, they were talking about him on the post post match interviews with them, and Murphy was saying, you know, how much help has Chris Henry been? Hazel was saying. I was like, and he went, well, none tonight, none today. Yeah, yeah. He was taking the piss out. That was really nice. And Selby said whoever's paying him more, yeah. And he kept saying he's getting sacked. Murphy yeah, kept saying he's sacking yeah. him. But that was, that was really cool to, to see him on TV after we were sat next to him thinking, I wonder who that is. And, and now I'm thinking about it, you know, that, that's tough, um, coaching two players in the final, especially how to play against each other. There's a huge conflict of interest that he would have had to manage. Um, but anyway... Um, excitingly I messaged Chris today um, and you messaged him yeah I messaged him you made him um, because what number did you at the fucking restaurant it's actually is is very available on Twitter you could just email him if you want Um, okay anyway he got right back to me lovely guy and I sent him a message about the podcast I sent him a message about how well he did at the, the tournament and um, you, and he got straight back to me and it was really, really nice. So I said, thank you, Chris. I know you're listening and you're going to pass this on to your friends. Um, but for one, one special round, Chris what? was able to tell me his highest break. So oh. we're going to spin. We're going to spin the game around. Oh. I'm going to give you the name of a celebrity a clue. It's Chris Henry. Is this famous Celebrity High Breaks? Famous snooker coach. It's Celebrity High Breaks. Oh, play that tune. Breaks on the stage, breaks on the screen. Breaks to make your wallet lean. Breaks one cold and breaks one hot. Some move kind of and some have not. But these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up, break down. Brilliant. Brilliant. Those are the breaks. So uh, I'll tell you what, the amount of messages that I got saying bring back celebrity high breaks. Anyway, that's by the by. You know you two? know the game. You know the game. You got How many Chris did you Henry. Get? What is his highest break? I'm not sure you have to be good at snooker to coach snooker. This is for a instance, bit like the golf Serena country. and Venus yep. Williams' dad, he doesn't play tennis. Well maybe he does, but He's not good at it. I know that much. Um, and this is a thing. So, and looking at him, when we were sat there, listening to him talk, I got the impression he wasn't, he wouldn't be good at it. So I'm going to go quite low. But I'm not going to go too low. <laughs> because I think if he's been in that environment for that long <laughs> and he's texting you, he looked like he, you know what I mean? He looked like the sort of geezer that wouldn't want to look bad. Like, I think he thinks quite a bit of himself, which is fair enough, because he's a successful guy. Um, so I'm going to go 70. 70? Yeah. That's that's really good. Like, yeah. I mean, in terms of, like, your snooker ability needs to be really good. Yeah, to... yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, is that your final answer? Well, I'm guessing from your response it isn't, so I'm going to go 49. Um. Okay. And I don't, I don't believe that this is his. What he gives you, I still think he's added twenty on top. Well, I've done some research afterwards. <laughs> okay, I don't know how you would find anything out about that. Okay, go on. So we, 
You're wrong, right? 70 is wrong. No, I said 49. Oh, you, is that your final answer? Sorry, yeah. 49. Yeah. Okay. If if you'd have said 70. Yeah. Um, and you'd have doubled it. Yeah. You still would. You still would have been short. He's not a one four seven man. Fuck! Are you joking? No. Was he a player then? He was he a must player. Have been. Fuck! Oh, I didn't know that, did I? Oh no! What an idiot! Oh, really embarrassed. And and he texted he texted me, emailed me saying his tournament best. Well, a, if you'd have said player, that, if you'd have said tournament best as a player, I would have known. Is one four three? Yeah. His practice best is obviously one four seven because he yeah. used to be a player. Um, so I, I read up on him. He, he of course he's he tried used to, to go... be a player. This isn't the sort of sport you can coach without playing it. I am such an idiot. <laughs> I wish I wish it was. Because <laughs> then we'd have a job. Yeah. So um, on the celebrity high breaks ladder, the 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 ranking, he is way at the top. Yeah, he's at the top for now. Yeah. Until you can get that guy on the got a one point five. So we've now got we've now got a one and a one four seven. So I think that's a, that's a lovely um lovely way to end it, isn't it? That's a sort of the sort of a nice circle. One to one four seven, end of celebrity high breaks. Oh right. You see it like that. Well I'm not sure. Um I think we're gonna put it out to to the fans. So um, we'll, we'll put it on Instagram and, and see what people want. Is it celebrity outbreaks or not? I, I think suspect, we know. We know. What I suspect want. we know what they want. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad we agree. I'm glad we agree on that. <laughs> we know what they want. What do we want? Not that. When do we want let's, it? Never. Never. Let's word the question properly. Not do we know what we what you want from celebrity outbreaks? Yes or no? <laughs> celebrity outbreaks. Do you want to know what? Yes. Or celebrity no breaks high, something like that. Just keep it simple, because probably a lot of people listening to this are thick. Um... <laughs> I've got some uh, some breaking news. You know, you you dumped some breaking news on me last week or the week before about, about angles. Yeah, about I mean, angles. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got some breaking news for you. What? Mr. Big Glasses himself, DT, Dennis Dirty Den Taylor, Design Technology, what? Has resigned. No, you said design, so maybe you think resigned. Has retired. <laughs> Are you surprised by that? He's, sorry, I've, I've lost now. He's, he's designed a retirement. No, he's retired. He's retired? Today. From commentary, from... Exactly. So you're surprised that he's retired, like I was with Angles. No, from playing. <laughs> he still plays. So, so, so he's lost in the in the seniors in Sheffield this week, has he? Exactly. Right, exactly. and he's so, retired. Yeah. So, do you know who beat him? Um, one of your is, is, one it, of your... is it someone I'll actually know? Yeah, someone you know, someone you you like, and I think probably now you won't like him. Um, is time it... it's, it's pinches. Pinches, you fucker. Pinches beat him. Hendry's through to the quarters. Pinches shouldn't be in that. He's he's too... I know yeah. he's old, but he hasn't played enough in normal sort of professional tournaments to be a senior already. 
I know what you mean. But yeah, so Hendry's through. Jimmy was playing tonight when this start when we started the record, so I don't know what what's happening. And Ken's through. Oh man, is is do you? I, I don't suppose you know the draw. Is there a chance that it could be Jimmy and Hendry in the final? Yes. Yeah, because uh, no, I think they'd be semis together. Okay. Well, if that happens, so Hendry's in the quarters. If Jimmy wins now, he'll be in the semis. I think against Hendry. Jimmy Hendrix. Um, <laughs> mate, if that happens, we'll do a we'll do a special on that. I think I'd, I'd love to watch it. I mean, I, I I haven't seen any of it. I just this just cropped up on like a live score thing that I look at, and yeah. uh, they only play three frames in the last. Uh, what would that be? Sixteen to get to the quarters. No, they don't play three frames. What am I talking about? It's best of seven. Yeah. Best of five. Sorry. So they're three nil, three nil, that sort of thing. But I saw, I saw you can watch it. It's on uh, Teletext. It's on, so we'll it's on the red button. Yeah. Teletext. <laughs> Imagine watching snooker on Teletext. <laughs> I used to watch football and see facts. Yeah. Just watch the score come up. Yeah, and and that that page that had the Premier League results, but it was like four pages if there was a full, like fixture of games. So and there would be like forty seconds between you seeing your score. And your score again, so it yeah. could conceivably be a change. So it's quite exciting. Yeah, it's like when you look at the trains and they go to a lot of places and it yeah. clicks through, and you have to wait till it comes back, which is annoying at the train station. But I guess on the uh, teletext slash CFAX front, that'd be quite exciting. Yeah, I think it was oh, three one three one six for the for the live scores, and then three two three for the Premier League table. Mate, you are so fucking old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a nice um, nice roundup of our weekend. And again, yeah, I can't overstate how good the Crucible was. And yeah, how lovely it was to be there. No, definitely, um, definitely. And, we'll, we'll yeah. be going back. We'll be going back, won't we? And and I would definitely recommend if anyone has been enjoying the snook over the years but never been, do make the trip. It is amazing. Oh, and before we go, we've got a uh, we've got a prize giveaway this week. We do. Do you want to tell, tell the listener what they can win? Well, kind of told them last week because the, the mask that we talked about, the, the Buzzing for the Bays official merchandise masks that we ordered for the final. Luke Wait, mine came. Had, yeah, Luke had We wore arrived. those, didn't we? We wore those proudly um, at the Cruci. But mine didn't. But they're here now. They're beautiful green. Buzzing for the Bays logo is all over them. I've got two. They're in their packets. They're fully sealed. Um, and we're going to give them away to two lucky listeners. So what we're looking to do... Oh, that is a good prize. It's I wish, exciting, I, wish it? I could enter. And you know what they say, now you leave your house, it's wallet, phone, keys, mask. Is that right? Yeah, anti-vac. Anti-vac. Connie's. Umbrella, Connie's. Connie's? <laughs> Depends where you're going. Not sure, I, just, I said that because you did. I didn't mean it. <laughs> 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 wallet watch testicle spectacles mask that's what they say isn't it <laughs> yeah. that's what they say um anyway if you are interested in winning one of these lovely brand new masks um, all you've got to do is go to our instagram page which is luke uh bftb underscore podcast and again 
BFTB, as in buzzing for the base, underscore podcast. Buzz, well done, BFTB underscore podcast. That was lovely. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, so um, what we would like is a DM to that account. And well, follow the looking... page. You've got to follow the page. Follow the page, right, obviously. that's all about the promo. Obviously. Follow the page. Send us a DM. And there's a question. Is Mark Selby a cheat or a champion? <laughs> So just, just you don't have to. You can say hello. That'd be nice if you want to have a little chat with us. But at some point, write cheat or write champion, or you can just write cheat or champion. We'll respond to every single message. We promise. Yeah. Some of them will be nice. Some of them will be abuse, depending on what time of day we get them. And Mark, by the way, you're ineligible for the prize. Yeah, I don't. So we. I don't know why you're still listening to this. Oh, well, I suppose tonight we've had a, quite a nice big up from Chris. Anyway, yeah, yeah. all What's professional player, snooker players, player? which they all listen, they all know who they are. Um, they're not eligible. We're not eligible. Uh, none of our production team are eligible. Yeah, none of the none of our families are eligible. So that's everyone that listens. But yeah, if anyone else is listening, you're eligible and you're probably going to win. Get involved. All right, man. Well, I think we should call it a day. I think we should. It's ten past ten on a Friday night. It's quite and, a long um, record. I'd like to. I'd like to get on some with some proper drinking. Yeah, exactly. You need both hands for that. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, All right, man. Have a, have a good weekend. to you and to everyone listening. I hope you have a lovely weekend, and we'll be back, hopefully, within a couple of weeks. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. Boy. Wonderful occasion it's been. And what a great champion we have. And just savour these scenes. Think of the year we've had. All the behind closed doors action. We've watched great action, but this is what we want. This sort of atmosphere. So in 2021, it's congratulations to Mark Selby. And it's congratulations as well to the sport of snooker. Yeah, they're